All right, thank you for joining our singing as you have this morning. I would encourage you to look inside your program. There's an outline of our Bible study. I'd encourage you to take that and follow with us as we look into God's Word this morning. Well, today's kind of a special day for many of us. This is Father's Day, and we feel honored to be able to get to honor those of you who are our fathers. Father's Day uh, began back in uh, the year of 1908. There was a young lady by the name of Grace Golden Clayton, and uh, we were honoring mothers, and she thought we ought to honor fathers. And so on that day in Fairmont, West Virginia, we began Father's Day. It was then kind of began to gain a little bit of momentum, and in 1924, President Coolidge officially said that the third Sunday in June each year would be a day that we would recognize our fathers. And so for those of you who are fathers, we say we are glad to be able to honor you. Of course, you know that was also one of the Big Ten. Uh, Exodus chapter 20, verse 12, honor your father and your mother. And so hopefully we're going to be able to honor our fathers. You know, it's not easy being a father. Somebody said a father is one who has pictures in his wallet where money used to be. A father is one who is forced to endure childbirth without an anesthetic. And a father is one that, just like Mother's Day, only you don't have to spend as much on the presents. Uh, I, I guess that may be true, but Father's Day is a wonderful day, and we're glad we can be here today and honor our fathers. If you have a Bible with you, you want to follow with me, I'm going to begin telling you a story about David and the charge he gave to his son Solomon. I'd like to read with you, if I can, from uh, 1 Kings chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. When the time drew near for David to die, he gave a charge to Solomon his son. I'm about to go the way of all the earth, he said. So be strong, act like a man, and observe what the Lord your God requires. Walk in obedience to him and keep his decrees and commands, his laws and regulations as written in the law of Moses. Do this so that you may prosper in all you do and wherever you go and that the Lord may keep His promise to me. If your descendants watch how they live, and if they walk faithfully before me with all their heart and soul, you will never fail to have a successor on the throne of Israel. We find that these were the words that uh, David gave to his son. He began by saying, You know, I'm about to go the way of all the earth. That is, David knew that he was about to die. Would you like to know when you're about ready to die? Well, if maybe you did, uh, you would maybe set some things in order that you had procrastinated about, but then you were able to get them done right here at the very end. My uh, father had worn for several years a little bracelet that said DNR, that is, do not resuscitate. And if something happened to him, he didn't want them resuscitate him or playing a hero but to just acknowledge that he was going to die. Well, he was in the hospital having some surgery, and they had removed that uh, bracelet from his arm when he had a cardiac arrest. And so not having that little bracelet on, they rushed him down to the emergency room and uh, put him on some life support, but uh, he did not last too awfully long. 
But it did give us a couple hours to be together when we could kind of share some things, and I am very happy for that. But on September 14th, 1996, my father died, and uh, I wish he were still alive so that I could, could talk with him and visit with him. And so those of you who still have a father who's alive, don't let this opportunity pass. Give him a call if you can. Uh, maybe send him a note if that's the best you could do. But in some way, make some contact with him so that you can let him know that you care for him and love him and are thankful for the things that he has done for you in your life. Well, what David wanted Solomon to do was, he said, I want you to be strong and act like a man and observe what the Lord your God requires. I like the reading over in the New Living Translation when it says, Take courage and be a man. Well, what does it mean to be a man? Sometimes we talk about somebody being a man's man. And I guess that means that you're going to grow up to be like John Wayne. I guess he's the most popular movie star that's ever lived and one that we look to and say, well, you know, here is John. He was strong and honest, dependable, and he fought for the right and kind of a good example for us to be like John Wayne. Well, John Wayne was good in a lot of ways, but there were so many things that were missing. And these very things, David wanted Solomon to be sure and a know and to live like. He said, I want you to walk in obedience to him and, and keep his decrees and commands. Now, it's one thing to be a strong secular hero, but I want you to be one who keeps the commands of God, and I want you to walk in the way of God. Now, there is a reason for that. In verse 3, he said, you will have success in all you do and where you go. If you want to be a successful man, he said, you need to walk in obedience to God and do the things that God requires of you within His law because that's the way that a real man is going to be. You see, David, though he was urging Solomon to do this, David did not perfectly follow God himself. Maybe you remember the uh, incident over in uh, uh, the Scripture when it talks about David and Bathsheba. And you may remember that wicked thing that David did in adultery and also having her husband killed. And you also may remember David when he fouled up by taking the uh, one little lamb of a poor man and serving it when he had a whole flock that he could have drawn from. But despite his ailments and despite his weaknesses, the Bible says that he was a man after God's own heart. Acts chapter thirteen twenty two, And that is most of the things he did were right and good. And a father today is not going to be perfect, but hopefully most of the things that he's going to do are the things that are right. You see, David understood and knew that if you want your life to be peaceful and good, then you need to follow after the way of God. Over in Psalm 32, beginning in verse 3, David wrote these words, When I kept silent, my bones wasted away, and through my groaning all day long, for day and night your hand was heavy on me, my strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you, and did not cover up my iniquities. I said, I will confess my transgression to the Lord, and you forgave me the guilt of all my sin. David knew that the best way for a man to live, and the way he wanted his son to live, was one who would 
follow after God and obey His commands and do those things that God wanted him to do. And that's the only way, really, to have joy and peace in your heart, and that is if you are faithful in following the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, what is a godly man? And what would you say are the characteristics of a godly man? Well, let me give you three. Number one, a godly man is going to be committed to following the Scriptures and living according to the Word of God. Now, the longest chapter in the Bible is Psalm 119. If you've got your Bible, you may want to open up to that chapter. Psalm 119. And if you read that chapter, you find that there's something very unusual because there's some words that appear, and then there will be eight verses of Scripture, and then another strange word, and then another eight verses of Scripture. Well, the book of Psalm 119 is an alphabetic acrostic. And that is, there were 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet. And so the first letter is Aleph. And so if you'll note that in your Bible, and then those first eight verses all begin with the Hebrew letter A. And then the second, let, the second letter in the alphabet is the word Beth. And the and next eight verses all begin in Hebrew with the letter B or the letter Beth. There are 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet, and there are eight letters under each one, so that is eight times 22, and there are 176 verses in Psalm 119. Now, all of these verses have the same goal, and that is to help people know about and appreciate the Word of God. Let me share you some of my favorite verses from Psalm 119. Verse 9, How can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your Word. Verse 11, I have hidden your Word in my heart, that I might not sin against you. Verse 24, Your statues are my delight. They are my counselors. Verse 93, I will never forget your precepts, for by them you have preserved my life. And I especially love verse 97, Oh, how I love your law. I meditate on it all day long. A man who is a godly man is going to be a man of the book. He's going to be one who tries to live and follow that which is found within the Word of God. So what Solomon said to his son is, Son, I want you to walk in obedience, and I want you to be a man. And it takes a man to be one who is going to follow the Word of God despite all the other things that come around in life. But if you're going to be a godly man, then you're going to follow those things that God has given for us in the Scripture. Well, number two, a godly man is one who is going to be a faithful, loving father. Over in the book of Ephesians chapter 6 at verse 4, Paul wrote, he said, "...and fathers, do not exasperate your children, but bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord." Now, we've got a serious problem in our country, and that is there are children being raised without a father. There are now, by the best estimates that I see, there are at least 25 million children being raised up in families without a father. And they don't get to have a dad in the father in the family to help them. And as a result of that, 
many of the serious problems that we have in our country are a direct result of there not being a father in the home. Did you know that 63% of the suicides among youth take place in homes where they do not have a father? 85% of the behavioral problems that are faced by children are from children who are raised where there is no father in the home. 80% of those who have been known as rapists were raised up in a home without a father. 71% of the high school dropouts come from homes where there is no father. 70% of the teen pregnancies are girls who were raised without a father in the home. And 85% of our youth who are in prison were raised in a home where there was no father. Now, I know in some cases that it cannot be helped. Sometimes the father will die, or sometimes he's in service and away from the family, or sometimes there are just things beyond your control. And I want to tell you, I admire our women who are doing double duty, doing the duty most of a father and of a mother. And ladies, I admire you, and I appreciate you, and I want to pat you on the back for doing a good job and doing the best you can in a difficult situation. And men, I want to tell you, the worst thing you can do is to desert your children. God has given you those children, and God wants you to be there to help raise them and train them, and that is what it meant to be a man. And as Solomon taught, it was heard from David, David said to him, Son, be a man, and do those things that a man ought to do. You see, you need to realize that we are in a war, and Satan wants your children. Over in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 10, beginning in verse 3, reading from the New Living Translation, it reads this way, We are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reason and to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture the rebellious thought and teach them to obey Christ. Someone who is going to be the kind of father that God wants them to be is going to be one who is a faithful, loving father who helps take care of his family. One of the uh, best quotes I ever saw came from Chuck Swindoll when he said this, Each day we make a deposit in the memory banks of our children. Would you look at that with me and think about that for a minute? Each day we make a deposit in the memory banks of our children. And fathers, what you're doing and the way you are raising your children you're putting some deposits in their memory that they will have forever. Well, number three, a godly man is one who is dedicated to be a loving husband. Over in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25, the Scripture says, And husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church. And how did Christ love the church? He loved the church so much that He was willing to die for 
And God says, men, what we want you to be are those who love your wives, even as Jesus did the church. Now, being a wife is not an easy job. I mean, uh, one of the things that a wife has to learn to do is she's got to be able to translate what her husband says. Because sometimes what they say is difficult to understand. Now, the husband may say to her this, Listen, it would just take too long to explain. And what he meant by that is, I have no idea how it works. Or the husband may say, Take a break, honey, you're working too hard. And what that really means is, uh, I can't hear the game over the vacuum cleaner. Would you turn it off, please? And the husband may say, I can't find it. And what he really means is, it didn't fall into my outstretched hands, so I am completely clueless. Or the husband may say, Honey, you look terrific. And what that may mean is, Oh, please don't try on another outfit. We're late and I'm starving. You know, and, and to be a good wife, you've got to be able to translate what it is that your husband says. In the book of Proverbs, chapter 20, verse 6, we find this great statement from Solomon. A faithful man who can find. I want to tell you, if there was ever a time that we needed faithful men, it is now. Let me tell you what a faithful man is. Give you five things. Number one, when it comes to his family, they are a priority. And they recognize that they are a priority to him. Number two, work. That is, he is going to keep his job. And it may mean that in order to take care of his family, he's going to need to work two jobs. My dad was a fireman, but he had a second job. He always was out painting houses because he wanted to help support his family. Also, money is important. And that is someone who is a faithful father is not going to be wasting his money on, on gambling and drugs and pornography. A faithful husband is going to be one who's going to be giving his time to his family, to his wife, and to his children. And a faithful father is one who is going to be an example, one that his children can follow, and one that his wife is proud of. Do you about the uh, husband who saw his wife do something that he didn't think was very good? And he said, how could one so beautiful do something so stupid? And she said, well, God made me beautiful so that you would love me. And he made me stupid so I'd love you. <laughs> now, sometimes uh, we get things mixed up. There are two great admi 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 ad admonitions in Ephesians 5. One was... Husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church. And the second was this. Husbands, love your wife as your own body. That is, even as you love yourself, love your wife. And be that kind of a husband and father so you can truly be a godly man. There are three admonitions I'd give you. Number one, men be faithful in small things. You see, if you take care of the small things, the big things are going to take care of themselves. And second, be faithful in secret things. You see, what you do in secret is who you really are. And number three, be faithful in sacred things. That is, 
Study God's Word and be doing the will of God because that's what God wants you to do when you are really a man. I've got a brief little video I'd like to share with you as we bring our lesson to a close. The great challenge is to be a man. David, his last words to Solomon, as he knew he was about to go the way of all the earth, that is, he was about to die, he said, Son, be obedient to God and act like a man. And I want to encourage you, if you're one of our fathers, to act like a man and be the kind of man that God wants you to be. Would you pray with me, please? Father, we're thankful that you have given us this instruction about how to be a godly man. And though it is Father's Day, dear Father, we hope that this will not just be a one-day event, but that we're truly going to be godly men. Father, I just pray that you will bless every family here, every home. I pray you'll bless every man and help them understand what it means to be a godly man. And dear Father, for our ladies that are having to raise their children by themselves, we just Give them, dear Father, our support and love and ask you to bless them as well. Dear Father, we love you and we want to serve you with all of our hearts. We want to live the way you want us to live. And it's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. We're going to sing a song of invitation this morning. Maybe there's a way we could be of encouragement to you. Maybe you'd like to come and let it be known you'd like to be a part of our church family. Or maybe you'd like to come and confess your faith and be baptized into Christ. I'll be up here at the front and our elders will be at the back. If there's any way we can serve you, if you'd like to come, why don't you do it right now as we just stand and sing our song, Invitation, together. We will glorify the King of Kings. We will glorify the Lamb. We will glorify the Lord of Lords, who is the Great I Am. Lord Jehovah reigns in majesty, we will bow before His throne. We will worship Him in righteousness, we will worship Him alone. Hallelujah to the King of kings, hallelujah to the Lamb. Hallelujah to the Lord of Lords, who 